The project management job market is as competitive as it is diverse. How do you set yourself apart? How much education is too much education? When as a project manager, should you make it official and go for the PMP? We sat down with Melvin Randall, independent project management consultant and former head of enterprise PMOs for some really big name companies. And he talks us through how those three letters known as PMP impacted his career as a project manager. I'm Margaret. And I'm Alexa, and you're listening to Not Your CEO's Insights. Every episode, you'll get fresh perspectives on topics in tech, project management, and everything in between. I've known Melvin for many years now. And one of the things that we have in common is we both really love learning. So I know that under normal circumstances, not very many people would know, it wouldn't come up in conversation, just how many secondary degrees Melvin has earned in his life. But because I'm a gigantic nerd, um, it's come up. So Melvin, for the sake of full disclosure, How many degrees and certifications and what are the names of them? How many do you have? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, the BBA in accounting, a BS in information systems with a minor in computer science. You've got a master of science in strategy. You've got a doctor of business administration in management with a minor in public administration. And then you've got a PhD in management and a PhD in healthcare administration. And that's the formal education. And then you go certs, you've got the PMP, you've got certified scrum master, certified scrum product owner, and ITIL V3 uh, foundation certified. So my thought is the trend in business right now is, at least according to the Medium articles that Alexa and I have been reading, is, you know, oh, all this education is is um, unnecessary or it's bloating um, the business world or all these other like negativity around education. So really my question to get us started with would be, what of these certs have you actually used the most? What have you, What has been an advantage for you to getting a lot of these pieces of education? Um, so I guess to start off with, I'm a very big proponent of education in itself, formal education. So I will say that it's never a bad thing to get additional degrees. I will say certs are the one that's kind of in question. For degrees, it, it kind of sets you apart as far as entry level. And then, of course, long term career wise. You've got some careers that require the master, some careers that require or even pay you more for a doctorate. So just to kind of know what field you're in, to know where you want to go and what, again, look at those leaders and see what they have and kind of emulate that. As far as certs, it definitely depends on what field you're in. You know, a lot of people don't really understand technology. They think, oh, everybody's a developer, but they don't understand that even something (laughs) simple as project management, which is a subsection of in some companies, not all companies, of technology has its own differential, different areas as well, such as program management, project management, um, doing portfolio management, things like that. Some PMOs include BAs, don't, and so on, because it's the natural progression in some cases. So mm. for me, education, again, definitely a bachelor's. Again, I would, I would key on definitely having a bachelor's. And then for those students that are coming out, it would not hurt to attempt to get some type of certification in some field. Um, In project management, it's going to be very difficult to get the PMP starting out. 
but I would recommend maybe Scrum or XP or something like that because a lot of government jobs are moving more towards requiring the Agile certifications. So what makes the getting the PMP so difficult? So it, it's funny you say that. So so I was I was practicing PM and, and, and uh, assistant chief information officer for uh, the county of Dallas years before I even got my PMP. The only reason I did it is um, one, I wanted my team to do it. And again, I, I try to lead by example, say, okay, if you all can take it, I'll take it. So I took it first. But as I'm sitting in the test, I'm like, what what if I fail? Oh my gosh, I gotta go back to my team and tell them I failed and I'm pushing this on them. And so it's funny because in my industry, which is technology, I see PMP all the time. That's because I am a project manager. But when you start stepping back and looking at the numbers, the entire United States has about 50,000 PMPs. So averaging what, about a thousand per state? There's 27 million people in the state of Texas. Only a thousand on average have the PMP. So whereas I thought it was something everybody in my field had, you start looking at the true numbers of what's out there, it's still a relatively low number of PMPs worldwide. I think it was like 300, 350,000 out of 7 billion. So again, we see it all the time, but it truly is still a unique project uh, certification for people. So PMP was one of the first certifications to be ISO certified. And so they make it hard on purpose because they are trying to keep it to kind of a, a club. You got, you got to fight to get in it. Again, so taking the test, you fail it three times. One of my employees of the county, he did fail it three times. You have to sit out a year and then try and take it again. But you're paying every time. So, and again, this, these aren't cheap tests. So they, they make it difficult to try and, I would imagine, to weed out some of those that are kind of, eh, do I want it? Do I not want it? Am I getting it just for the cert or am I actually going to use it? And we hear a lot about the the citizen project manager who happen to be pretty good at communicating and organizing people so they get put in charge of executing projects to the finish line. What sets a PMP aside from someone who, because I think you have to earn certain numbers of hours managing projects before yes, you yes. earn the PMP, right? So yeah, so when you sit for the test, they, they want you to break out your, your experience and it has to be a certain number of years consecutive experience with those hours over that time period. And that's why coming out of college, you generally will never be able to sit for the PMP because of what they require you to have. But you can sit for the CAPM, which is the lower level. I don't like the CAPM, but I know why people do it. It's just to get a cert. My thing is, it's the same test. It's just less questions. If I'm going to go through that pain and that rigor, I'm going to do it for the PMP in a year versus sitting through this, Facebook, this other one now and really try and go through the main test that what everybody has already signed off on and has gained industry acceptance. I will say, on the record, a certification does not make the person by any means. I know some great people who have been PMPs who literally are too theoretical because they're going strictly by the book. And unfortunately, very few companies are by the book PMP. And I know a lot of people who have no certifications that are phenomenal PMs. So again, what you're looking for is that combination. Somebody who has the skill sets to sit for it or has the skill sets and has it, but also has the experience. I'm looking more for experience than I am somebody who can sit there and take a test well. We'll be right back after this quick break. Tired of tracking email threads? Too many Excel sheets to function? Sounds like you need PI Team, Project Insights' free project management software. Connect your teams and aggregate your data in one centralized place for free. Sign up today at projectinsight.net forward slash team. 
I think that in a business, when is it appropriate to make that shift or like make it official? Like, yeah, I've been, you know, managing projects on the side, like you're an informal PM essentially, but when when is that a good time to transition to actually get well, a couple your of certification? One, so if you're kind of an informal PM and your company doesn't have a PMO and they're just thinking about it, I would say right before the company makes the decision or right before the company switches to have the PMO, try to get your cert. Because if you like the field, it'll put you in a position to try and get into that group at one point. Also, if you're, I mean, being completely transparent, if you're looking to leave your company, trying to make yourself marketable, you may have been in a company where you were a pseudo PM or a junior or even a mid-level PM, but never really had the experience and the credentials, but you're really trying to find a way to set yourself apart from the multitude of people that are out there looking. I know here in Dallas, as an example, technology has a 3% unemployment. So you're generally trying to steal somebody from a company to get them to take a job. So to make yourself competitive with that individual, you got to bump up your credentials. Otherwise, you don't really need it. If I plan on staying in my company, it's a great company. I've done, I've moved up the ranks. I've gotten promotions. Unless their job description says, as a senior PM, I have to have a cert or a program manager, I have to have a cert. I would probably do it for my own purposes more than anything else. I mean, what what advantages did you see in your own life before the test versus after the test? What lessons did they teach so, you that were totally um, eye-opening? The, the test, and so the crazy thing is, is people fail the test because in their mind, it's hard to differentiate how you've been doing project management and the book way the PMBOT tells you to do project management. People that I have trained on taking ah. the PMP and the people that I've trained under me in, in different departments, the biggest thing you have to do is, is throw what you know out the window. You are literally testing to the to the book only. Because if anybody literally followed PMBOT line by line, it's very expensive for a company to follow that. As far as all the breaks in, in the process and hey, Dev, you don't start until we get approval in the planning phase. And somebody's executive would be mad that their work isn't continued because we're waiting on a signature from somebody who doesn't even report in their department because a stakeholder or something like that. So it's the knowledge of, and I, I will say for me, what I've benefited from having the PMP is just the knowledge of what I'm looking for when I'm bringing somebody on. Because again, doing the role, you're gonna get the tweaks, you're gonna get the workarounds, you're gonna get how to talk to people, which another thing is people who sit for the PMP who literally work by the PMBOK, they are generally antisocial because they're, they're so rigid <laughs> in their thinking, they're gonna turn a lot of people that report on their projects off, quite honestly. So you've gotta be open-minded to know that that book is only a guideline. It's, it's not the gospel. Other than that, the PMP is generally there to open doors because you have, I mean, you can look out on any job site and see project manager requires the PMP. They probably don't know what the PMP test involves. Matter of fact, I even saw a CIO position requiring the PMP. Right. You definitely don't know what it involves, but you're requiring it because it's the, it's the fad mm -hmm. for, the, for technology. I get it, but it opens doors. If I've got 100 resumes to go through and 20 have PMP and I want the PMP, now I have 20 resumes to go through. So that's one of the things, what you just said about communicating and being able to present your ideas. Um, we did a podcast a little while back on emotional intelligence and project management, really talking about how to talk to people, convince people that you need this done on budget and on time. What are some of the lessons that the PMP misses out on? Because I think so the biggest thing the, the PMP and the CAPM and honestly, most certifications, they miss out on real life. 
yeah, it'd be great if I could, if my projects all followed a one to two to three to four, oop, this predecessor before this, oop, this before this. It just doesn't happen that way. And when you have people who are literally trying to work by the book, they get confused because they're expecting the the pinbox to tell them, what should I do next? What, what form do I need to fill out? Where's the management process that I need to look into? You need to take a step back and breathe is what you need to do. You need to realize that unless this is a medical situation and it ain't life and death, the sun will still rise tomorrow. You can make mistakes. So at that point, what do we need to do? How do we get around the situation? And that's another thing. The PIMBOK doesn't teach you workarounds. So if I've got a sponsor that's that's not wanting to sign off, well, the book says wait for them to sign off. So am I just going to continue to wait and to wait and to wait? Or do I go to that person and say, okay, what is really stopping you from signing off? What are those impediments? What, are the, what, what, what can we do to kind of get you to the point where you're okay with, even if you're not okay with 100%, how about 80? Let's document that 20% that you're not good with and let's work on that. Let's get a majority through the pipeline. And I will say that's what having the multiple certifications has helped me because where Agile tells you to, okay, what can we do to get in, to get this going quickly? Okay, you know what? I don't want to wait for the whole thing in Waterfall sometimes. Okay, well, can I carve out? So I call it Wagile. You know, um, again, it's, it's a hybrid approach. It's iterative. But in most of my projects that are big and huge, I try not to do Waterfall, which is what... Pimbach really is. I try to kind of combine that with a with a little bit of an agile mm -hmm. flavor. Hey, what can we get going now that you are 100% okay with? We'll get that in the process and we'll come back up with those things that you are 90% okay with. And then we'll get that in the process. And then the 80. And that way the things at the very end, you may not even want at the very end. But if I've got a team that's been approved to move forward, how can we get them moving? They're just waiting. And the Pimbach doesn't really give you the details. It gives you the process. So would you do it all again, the formal education way? Or would there be some of the things that you said, eh, um, that wasn't really worth the it's money? It's funny you say that. So I would still do formal education. Um, I would say certs. So there's a couple more that I'm looking at. I'm also looking, I'm actually in the process of creating one for a different role. So because that. when I've moved into management in the project management world, you know, it's I've, I've generally been responsible for technology governance as well. Because again, in most companies, if it's done right, projects should manage the entire way technology is working. Infrastructure, how do you work? Take off a project, your team works the projects. Mm -hmm. Application dev, same thing. Any, any skunk works or any um, technical debt. So things like that, they all generally flow through the process. Now, different processes, different, different types of projects, but still through the process. So with that, I started focusing on, okay, the governance of IT. And so there's a certification, it's called the CGEIT, which is the Certified in Governments of Enterprise IT. So it, it, it gives you a little bit more core on the governance portion of IT. How do you make sure we're making, we're making the metrics that really matter mm -hmm. to make decisions? And then I'm in the process of actually creating the, the only true certified CIO uh, certification out there. There is none out there right now for CIOs. So when you get to that level, you're kind of just winging it. It's kind of like credit. You can't get a CIO position without having a CIO right. position. But when you get it and you never had it, well, what's my first step? Because again, no, nobody knows all of technology. Again, for somebody to know infrastructure, dev, project management, quality assurance, uh, the, the support desk, to know it all, they've got to be in. They've got to be in technology for years, just rotating between positions. So you're trying to get that that overall knowledge, a jack of all trades, master of none, or master of one, ideally, and that way you bring smart people in to work with you in those areas that you're not kind of strong in. So that's my focus now on the side. 
Awesome. Alexa, do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, so my final question is to PMP or not to PMP? The thing with project management, PMs and generally BAs, they are the forward-facing unit of the technology department. Them and the support desk, I will say. I'm sorry, I won't leave them out. But everybody else, everybody else in technology works in the works in the shadows. They don't have to look at a user getting mad at them. They don't have to talk to a sponsor who's frustrated their project isn't going on. So you've got to have a passion for being where the buck stops. And you got to know how to talk to people to make sure that, again, you've got to work with them tomorrow. So let's not make them mad today. It's a lot of, let's try to make situations win-win. Even though they're frustrated, how can we get you to the point where you're okay? So you've got to have a passion for project management. And I've, I know a lot of people who have moved out of project management because they've lost that passion. Either the, the company is not ready for project management or there's unrealistic unrealistic expectations of project managers. But you, you've got to, you, number one, you've got to have the passion. Number two, you've got to look into your career and see what do you want? Do you do you want the PMP? Do you, do you feel you need it? If you've been at a company for 10, 15 years, you're going to retire there? I'd say probably not. If you're new starting out, I would say, you know, look at it. The world is moving away from waterfall for the most part. Again, there's always going to be some places that do waterfall and a sequential approach to our project. So it may be more of PMP may not be the right one. Agile, Scrum, XP, RUP, those may be better. Kanban may be better for you. And then go down those paths. I will say it's it's never a problem to get certified. It shows not only you, it, it builds up your, your own morale, saying, oh, at least I have the mastery of data. But at least when you're talking to others, it also before you even get there uh, with the credentials behind your name, it shows that at least you have some knowledge of what you're coming to talk to them about as well. And you can't rule out whenever you're looking for a new job, it gives you the, the, the additional benefit of that. I will say, if you're gonna go down the path of PMP, take it very seriously. Take the training classes. If you're gonna take a training class, well, you have to take a training class for the certification, but take the training class and then immediately sit. Don't, don't wait months between your training class and the certification because the, you're gonna go back into the rut of doing things the way your company does it. And you're gonna, when you sit down for that 200 question test and realize, that's not how we do it and your brain starts telling you this answer is wrong when it really is right you're going to fail the test so to stack the odds in your favor do all your documentation of your experience first and make the last thing your training class and then as soon as you do your training literally schedule your test the day day and a half after your training where it's in that fresh in your mind and good luck my thanks to Melvin Randall for joining us on this edition of Not Your CEO's Insights. And we look forward to having you join us on our next podcast.